Welcome to the Whiskey and Fire podcast. I'm Derek Henley, along with my co-host Slade Beard, and we thank you for, for joining us on episode five. Slade, how are things in your world? Well, they've been a little little hectic lately, uh, not normal by any means. Uh, my wife had a surgery a couple weeks ago. We've had little complications, had a couple of hospital stays, all, all in good fun, but she's doing great now. So I know we know a lot of people who are actually watching the show and listening, so the ones who did, thanks for the prayers, thanks for all the good wishes and all, but she's doing a lot better now, so I'm ready to get into this again. I think we kind of ran behind on getting into this episode, actually, but that's that's all on me, so my apologies on that one. <laughs> I think you had a good reason. And you know, we all kind of go through that stuff. And as a dad and as a, as a husband, it's, it's difficult. It's draining because you're stressed about your, your spouse and then you've got all these duties going on with the kids and you're running around now you're, you're mom and dad and having to do a little bit of everything. So we've been praying for her, but we've been praying for you too. So glad to hear that she's getting a little bit better. I appreciate it. Yeah. I've always told her, you know, I respect what you do and I expect what you do for the family and around the house and all that. And I even have a bigger respect now because I am my mind has been on overload a few times, but yeah, I got I through you. it and we're, we're on our way back to normal. So, so looking forward to getting back to the normal stride and our normal day to day. Yeah. Glad to hear it. And you know, something that helps when you're going through difficult times is whiskey. So, uh, I'm not going to say it's a crutch, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't not help. No, that's it does sure. its part. It does its part. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be sampling a little bit of whiskey today and, um, Interestingly, we've got a, a second partnership with a distillery that's that's local in the Texas area. It's in uh, Toler, Texas. It's called Sledge Distilling, and um, we've actually not tried it. So, if you're ready to get into get into it, Slade, I am. You want to you want to go ahead and, and talk about Sledge and then sample it? Yeah, I'm a, I appreciate this one from them. This is our first one. First one we've had somebody send us a bottle for us to get to try. So, really excited about that one. And thanks to the guys at Sledge. You know, I appreciate that. I think you reached out to a lot of these people, and this is one of the ones that got back to you and was willing to send us something. Yeah. Um, and they sent us their special reserve barrel finished spirit, which yeah, I had to look and make it sure it was a whiskey because it didn't say whiskey on there. But and the barrel it is or the a bottle looks it looks really cool. I mean, it's it's got like this 1940s look to it. Um, and so it's a, it's a neat looking bottle. So I, I showed it as best I can on the, on the camera so they can see it, but it's got a really cool story too. So it's out on a ranch in Toler, Texas, and they do everything by hand. And, uh, the recipe actually comes from the owner's father and his father was drafted before he was drafted to world war II. He learned how to make moonshine from his uncle. And so he went to, he went to, uh, you know, South Pacific, I think. Somewhere and, in there, um, yeah. And so when he was there, he was using whatever he could find to try to make moonshine and, and whiskey for, for others and then sell it and trade it. And what he was able to find, he was making whiskey out of. And, and so their mash bill for this whiskey starts with potatoes, tomatoes, and corn. And I think cane. Did you say cane sugar too? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I, I don't know what to expect when we taste this. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different, I imagine. And what's the proof on it? Uh, I believe it's 115 proof, so it ought to be a pretty good strong one. I would a little think so. side note, part of the story that I thought was neat, if, if you read the whole story on their website, which I suggest everyone do, I think sure. it says that when he did come back from the war, I guess the woman he married told him he couldn't do that anymore. So, oh, yeah. good thing that mar I guess that marriage lasted. I don't know that was a rocky start for sure, but <laughs> I, yeah, believe, I believe, yeah, I mean, really, yeah, hey, you're good at this, just quit doing it, you know, quit doing it. Yeah, well, it she sounds said like his son kind of got all his recipe, huh? She said he couldn't drink. 
Uh, what were the other two? He couldn't dance, and I think he he couldn't cuss. Is that right? Man. I think those are the three things I read. So, um, pretty pretty incredible. Pretty tough for him. It's a straight waff right there. She really she really mm. reined him in on that one. But yeah, if mm. we ever think we have it bad, we just need to remember this. Yeah, uh, if I have a talent. Hopefully, my wife wouldn't say, "Hey, yeah, I don't do that anymore." <laughs> I guess the custom yeah. of the dance, and maybe he wasn't good at dancing. I don't know. I know I'm not. My wife would tell me not to dance in front of people. That's but. right. That's right. Well, his yeah, recipe, uh, he's, he put it away. He saved it and put it in a war chest. And I think that's where the owner, his son, found it and then kind of took off with it from there. So luckily he did, and we're able to, to try this. And I know they have a, a successful distillery going on as a result. Definitely. Let's pop the to pop top, top and see, see if it's any good. Let's see if I can make a good, a good noise. Go ahead. I mean, I can't get it out. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, got that a little bit perfect. of. We got a little something, little something. Yeah, a little bit. Ooh, smells delicious. I'm gonna be honest. I did notice on the side though, it says what the notes would be, and the notes are supposed to be rich caramel good. or caramel. How do you say that, Derek? How do you say that word? I say caramel. That's what I say too. Not caramel. I'm not one of those I, people. No, I think it's so, a southern thing. <laughs> caramel, caramel, honey, and vanilla tone, tone. So really? good description for what it should. That's surprising. If it's yeah, starts with potatoes. I'll put this on the screen here. Like I poured more than I normally I do. But... Feel like that was a heavy pour, so we can tell life has been coming at you fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best of a heavy pour compared to what we normally do. Well, it smells great. It really does. But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how you take tomatoes, corn, potatoes, and cane, and get vanilla, honey, and caramel. But I'm excited to. Yeah, I don't understand how you would do that. Let's see. You do. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. That's really good. Now it's got some, a that little is... bit of bite, but we expect that at 115. But it does have some sort of sweetness, maybe vanilla. I think I am picking up on that. Tons of surprising. flavor. I mean, it's really surprising how flavorful it is. Yeah. And there's not like a, there's not any kind of strange aftertaste or bitterness that you would kind of maybe think that you'd have with, with those ingredients. Really good. Very good. Ooh. So if maybe if we do a really good job here, they'll send us a few more bottles of this because it's uh it's amazing. That's delicious. I could get in trouble with that one. It I mean when it when you first take a drink it doesn't even it tastes like you're drinking some kind of sweet I don't know. I want I wanna say a dessert. Something a sweet drink. I don't I don't yeah. I don't drink too many sweet drinks, so it's hard to say what that would be, but it's kind of like a cocktail. That's a good description. Very good description. Yeah. So that was good. That was awesome. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the people at Sledge. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Susan Sledge, thank you so much. Um, you, you've been wonderful, and we appreciate it. And uh, I know I'll make it out there if, we, if we're if we out that way, and, and certainly Slade hopefully will do the same. Definitely. So Definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about barbecue. You know, we've – We've heard from listeners several times now where we're whiskey and fire. So we talk about the whiskey, but we also talk about barbecue. Um, and we really focus mostly on the whiskey for good reason, I think. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about barbecue. And, and so I think uh, to start out, have you have you cooked anything recently? I have. It's finally gotten the temperatures where I've got out there and done a little bit. So last night, let me go back. Last weekend, I actually fired the smoker up for the first time for the year. Um, 
sat around all day cooking on it. Did a, uh, what did I do? I did ribs. Had my first run in with chicken. I've never, I don't know, I've never wanted to try chicken. I'm A, not a big chicken eater anyway. Same. But my wife asked for me to do something different. You know, every time I mention what I'm going to cook, she's, she's never that excited. My wife, I don't, she says she likes smoked food, but I really don't know if that's true or if that's just, hey, you like doing it, so I'm going to be supportive. You know, she wasn't the, one, the, the sledge wife. She didn't tell me to quit doing it, even though she didn't like it. But she's always asked me to do something different like chicken. So I looked online and found a recipe just because I didn't know what in the world to do. And I took a whole chicken, cut it in half, uh, brined it, smoked it all day. Well, not all day, you know, the right amount of time. That's right. Glazed it and cooked it a little bit more. Actually, it turned out good. Um, got the recipe off Meat Church's website. That's one of the ones that's my go-to for recipes. I don't know how much of their stuff you look at, but it turned out delicious. Um, yeah, and like I, I do said, the same. Threw some ribs and some smoked queso in there too, kind of something to eat while chicken's going, you know. But ended up uh, ended up ruining the ribs, so I was real proud of that. I don't, I don't know if do? I ruined them. Well, I don't know if I ruined them or if it's what I put on them. So mm. I covered them in a lot of sweet stuff. And it's like the outside kind of charred a little bit. All that sugar yeah. kind of got a little bit of a char to it. I think I did overcook them a little bit, but it was, I think a lot of it was how much sugar was on the outside. So the rub I used was, it's actually Meat Church. It was their new Texas sugar. <laughs> Delicious stuff. Try it. Um, and then when I wrap mine, I don't know what you do, but I always do like brown sugar, honey, butter, and a bunch of that stuff yeah, when I same. wrap them. So it might have just, it might have just been too much sugar. I don't know. Yeah, that'll happen. Like you said, I mean, when there's a lot of sugar in it, it caramelizes and it can get kind of burnt. So that, that happens sometimes. But honestly, even if it does, I think on ribs, if you get a little char on there, it's still pretty good. Yeah, they were. I won't say they had a. I won't say there was a burnt taste. Just it wasn't exactly what I wanted them to look like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you are, but when I pull stuff, I wanted there's a look I wanted to have. I wanted to look the way I wanted to look, and it didn't. I didn't pull it off. And yep, that was the look I was going for. Yeah. But either way, everything totally. there was nothing left totally. over. Nothing got left over, so I must have yeah. done something right. Um, and then last night, so last night, so I said my wife's been recovering, and she wanted something different. She mentioned tacos, so hmm. I'm walking around the store at three in the afternoon trying to figure out what kind of tacos to make. Do I want to make the regular ground beef we do? Do I want to do the chicken for her or something? So I actually made steak tacos. Hmm. Bought a couple fillets, cooked them almost perfectly. Damn. I'm not going to say I nailed it, but you know, almost perfectly. Cut them into strips, put them on corn tortillas with a little bit of sauce, some uh, cilantro, onions, you know, stuff like that. That was delicious. I'm telling you. And I've told you before, Derek, you got to get a griddle. You need to get a griddle. It's, yeah. It's fun. I think I will maybe for the cabin, but I'm running out of room on the porch for grills and different things here. But I think I would like it up there. It runs on gas, right? Correct, correct. I mean, so, they make an electric yeah. one, but I know you're not gonna, you're never gonna do that. Nor would I. No, they make no. an indoor gr electric one, but I just don't know how well that would work. I like the, I like the gas one. Well, you know, we have solar power up there, so if we want to run the lights, we, we really can't use it to cook with. So, uh, how does that do work? That, do you have gas? to really, do you have to really like carefully calculate what all you're going to use electricity and not to use electricity for. Well, so the careful calculations happens up front. You're trying to figure out how many solar panels and how many batteries and all of this stuff and inverters and charge controllers, all sorts of stuff. And so you figure it out and it's super scientific and it's mathematic and you have it down perfectly. And then kids happen and lights are on and fans are on and they leave an AC unit on or whatever. And when that happens, you know, it throws all of the numbers off. But for the most part, if we're if we're there, we can run we can run for three or four days with pretty much no sun and be, be just fine. 
But if we have a bunch of people and they're all running the coffee pot and, you know, their ladies need a hairdryer, then everything's off. All bets are off. Um, so, but anyways, if we're going to use a grill up there and it is not going to be electric and generally I wouldn't use electric anyway. And you know what? That makes me think of something when, when we talked about, Hey, let's do a little more barbecue on this episode. That's what listeners are wanting. I reached out to a couple of guys from my, my cook team and said, Hey, we're going to talk a little more barbecue. Y'all have any ideas for, for topics? And they, and one of them said, Hey, y'all should talk about the grills you use. Um, and you should tell them that there's Weber grills and then there's all the crappy stuff. And then true, the other, true. the other guys, the other guy texted, you know, what you should do is, is let everybody know that has a pellet grill that they should move back to California. So that's the kind of help that I got for this episode. So obviously we're not, we're not going to talk too much about that. Um, but we, I think it's a good idea to talk about the grills we've used and kind of where we started. And, and so <clears throat> what, what do you use? What'd you start with? Has it always been the same? Um, no, I mean, I've, I've played with a few different ones. Sorry, I choked up a minute ago. Tried to get that out of there. <clears throat> you, you want me to go first? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, I've always had it. I know you're not the biggest proponent of them, but I've had a, a lot of gas grills just for the speed, you know? Yeah. If you sure. want to hurry and go grill something, it's quick. And <clears throat> I still have one to this day. I will say it's not used as much as it used to be, but it's nice if you want to hurry up and grill something, throw something on there. I think the griddles kind of replace it a lot. Uh, I did, and I'm I'm going to hate admitting this, especially after your pellet grill comment, but I did at one point try the electric smoker. I mean, How'd I, that go? Well, I never, I won't say I ever actually made smoke. Oh, to be really? honest with you, I, will, okay. I want to say I maybe had like kind of an outdoor oven thing going on there. Hmm. Yeah, and see, that's no good. I mean, otherwise you could just be inside more comfortable and cook in the oven. Well, I mean, I liked, I, I did like the fact that it was kind of one of those, you know, fridge looking models. So it was very convenient to smoke on. Hmm. And I know they make them that aren't electric, but that's just... I thought for ease, maybe that would be something to try, but terrible, terrible idea. Never, never made much with that thing. But uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, yeah, just that, the gas grills. Of course, I think we said before, I have a offset smoker. I think it's an old country from Academy or something. They have, yeah, a, I have one. <clears throat> well, they have a couple different lines. So they have their, and I'm sure you've walked through and looked at them before. You know, you have the one that feels like it's made out of sheet metal. Mm-hmm. And then they have their next line, which is, I want to say like eighth inch or something. It's, or maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe eighth or something. It's, a little more heavy duty and has a little bit of weight to it um, and that one's been my go-to for a while as far as smoking but uh yeah so just the you know the griddle the blackstone the offset and the uh the propane what about you what all do you have yeah so you know it, it makes me think when we when we first got started and this has probably been like 16 or 18 years ago my buddy that i graduated college with had moved to dallas i was in houston and he got transferred to uh, the Houston area and he ended up buying a house, at least in the same suburb, not real close, but, but relatively close. And so we were hanging out all the time. And one day we're like, what are we going to do? You know, Saturday, we're going to hang out. What are we going to do? And it, I don't know who recommended, but we were kind of like, maybe we let's try to smoke something. We've never, we've never done any real barbecue. And I had an old smoky, you know what those are? Did you ever have one of those? It's like a no, super that's cheap. Not like, that's not like the barrel ones, is it? No. No, it's hard to explain. It's real low to the ground and it's kind of like a kettle grill, but kind of rough shaped. It almost mm-hmm. looks, I don't know. It looks like a, a matte silver color, but it looks cheap. It's kind of a cheap grill. So that's all we had. So, we're, but we didn't care. We're like, well, let's do a brisket. We've never done it before. We've never done anything. So we go to the store, we get, I think a brisket flat. We didn't get the whole thing. Cause I remember it being small and we got some coals and, uh, 
we were like, you know what, we'll put the coals on one side so it's not underneath, and then we'll we'll put a little pan in there to catch drippings and kind of keep the coals to the side. And we did that, and we bought this cheap seasoning. I'll never forget. It's called Adams. I don't even know if they still make it. It might just be like a Kroger brand, but Adams oh, brisket like the seasoning. Adams brand you buy at the store. Yes, yeah, store bought. They still make Adams. I mean, Adams they? Is, they have okay. some. They have some decent things. I mean, okay, they're definitely not your high caliber ones, but I know what you're talking okay. about. And I but did sit here and get on the web real quick. I looked up your old Smoky. So yeah, you know what it is. That's different. I mean, I see them. They're not. Yeah, they're. They got one that's a little pricier there, but most of them aren't. Well, twenty years ago, they weren't pricey. I think the thing's like 30 bucks 20 years ago. So we, we cook it, this brisket and we don't back, you know, back then you didn't really YouTube how to do things. You just try to figure it out. So we put this brisket on there. I don't know, man. I I don't even use YouTube now, but so it, it was, and I know we're on YouTube and I should probably watch, but I don't. So, so we did this, we put this brisket on there and we just cooked it and we just checked it and we added coals to the side when we needed to. And then we we were like, it feels kind of tender. So we pulled it off and um, we started cutting it up and we're like, this is kind of tender and we taste it. We're like, this turned out really good. So we're like, brisket is easy. You know, we're going to start doing this. Well, we found over the years, it's not easy, but we got lucky the first time and that gave us this motivation. And then it turned into, well, we're competitive people. So now we want to do competitive uh, barbecue. So that's how we got to where we are. But we started with that and then we got into the Weber's. And we're, I still love Weber, and I know my, my cook team guys do. So we, we have a kettle grill. You've seen one of them. I have that at, at the land. Uh, and you can pretty much do everything. And, it, you know, you can use it for brisket and smoking stuff long term as long as you keep the side or the heat to the side. And, and, um, yeah. and they're pretty awesome. So I've got, I've got two different types of Weber's. One's really for smoking and one's more for grilling. Um, I've got an offset. I think the same as you. It's, it's, a, it's a heavier one from Academy. I think it's Old Country. And then I've got a ceramic grill, which is actually my most expensive grill, but I use it all the time and you can do, you can do anything with it. Um, what so, is your ceramic? Is it a, what, what brand is it again? It's the red one. It's the Kamado Joe. So real similar so to like a egg. big green egg. Just a, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just not green. It's red. Um, and see, to me, ones. those things, I don't understand it at all. I, I think last time we were at your place, I think, you know, remember you did some ribs and I was hammering you with questions. Cause I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm too simple minded to understand what's going on there. So what it, uh, it's got the coals at the bottom and you, you've got these diverter plates that go down there and they just block the heat and they make it kind of go out and then it heats up the ceramic and that holds heat forever. So you can put, you know, maybe like a half a bag of coals down there and you use lump coal in a, in a ceramic grill and you, and you get it going in one small spot or whatever, and then you can slowly keep it going all it'll run for like 14, 15 hours on that little bit of coal. Hmm. And um, you, if you use the plates down there, it's indirect heat, like you would do for brisket or ribs or whatever. And uh, yeah. you can take those out and you can grill a steak or, or whatever, just direct heat. So they're super convenient. Yeah, sounds like a more of a multi-purpose tool really. Where I have like five things sitting outside, you can kind of adjust, adjust yours and do what you need to do. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So how did you really get started in barbecue? Do you remember? Was there a certain time that you remember getting really into it? Probably after I got married, we grilled a lot. I mean, I've always enjoyed just grilling in general. Um, I think just looking for something new to do, you know, I've grilled and grilled. You've grilled burgers, grilled steak, grilled vegetables, grilled everything you can grill. And it's like, what else, what else can I do now? You know, I've kind of, I rode this train long enough. Let's try something else. Um, And that's like I said, when I missed something by the electric smoker, terrible idea, but no, just just looking for something more to do, and I think it was also you know you go out there and fire the grill up, and then you know less than an hour you're done, and you're back inside, and you're like, man, it was nice being outside, and 
having a little whiskey in my hand or something and passing a little bit of time. How can I do this for a lot longer time? So um, that's kind of what stirred the smoker. Because, I mean, you can get out there and start that thing at 7 or 8 in the morning and be there till 8 that evening, depending on what you're doing or the, what all you decide to cook. So, Oh, yeah. It kind of it, it, To me, it's more of a hobby. I'll be honest, a lot of times when I cook, I don't even always eat any of it. I might nibble a little really? bit, but I'm more, I do it more to serve. Like, let, let the family, let friends come over, let somebody else enjoy it. I'll, heck, I'll, I'll text neighbors and ask them if they want, you know, some chicken, some ribs, queso, whatever, and share it all. I just, to me, by the time you looked at something for 10 hours, you're just like, okay, I don't even know if I want this anymore. But <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, when we, you, if you do a brisket or a, like a, a pork shoulder or something, you're, you've got so much food that you can't eat it all. So you kind of have to invite people over. So totally get it. And you're worn out and then people are getting it and you might get a little bit. So that's cool. I, I get it. But I, I don't even care. I love brisket and that's my favorite food. And when it's done really well, it's incredible. But just the experience is what I like the most. I like getting up early Absolutely. and just sort of that solitude and getting a fire started and playing with fire. I've always liked to do that and um seasoning it and then just seeing how it goes and i cook more now really to practice and we don't really compete but i've kind of gotten a habit of that so i'll just be like i'll tell leah you know what i want to i'm going to practice so this saturday i'm going to do a brisket and then she's like oh we got to invite the neighbors and we got to get our friends over and we got to do this and that and that's typically what happens and it becomes a big deal but i just do it to practice and play around and have fun because i like the, act, the actual activity itself um, as much as the food yeah I'm the same way. Of course, lately, I, I mean, mine, and I don't know, I, you see, I think we're two different level people here. I haven't competed yet because I wouldn't win. Oh, you said yeah. My, my, my big ch my challenge so far. It. No, no time soon anyway. <laughs> so, because so I was going to say, my one, I, I don't know if you have any things that still are a challenge to you as far as it goes, but, and I guess with an offset, maybe that's what it is. I still have a challenge with fire management. I, I feel like that's what I spend my whole time doing is just trying to get it right predict it right and i'm terrible at it very impatient i think that's what gets me in the most amount of trouble is i want it to happen quick and it doesn't mm -hmm. i want to get it going quick and i also have that wanting to be good at it quick well i want to i want to make the right move be done and know that i did it and most of the time that's not what happens i'm chasing my fire back and forth so do you being the competitive guy would you say you still have any challenges as far oh, yeah, as smoking? because look barbecue is not science it's barbecue and so the humidity or the temperature, actually, you know, technically, but <laughs> the humidity or the temperature, I guess that is all science. Um, <laughs> the, the type of meat, you know, the, the grade of the meat, how big it is, how much you trimmed off, how much fat there is in it, it all throws you. And so it's different every time. And so I've had briskets that are ready four hours before I think they're going to be, which is perfect. I don't mind that, but they are sometimes. And then, you know, sometimes they're not done until after people want to eat. And I don't care. I, we're waiting. So I did one on Fourth of July years ago, and we had some friends over, and I was cooking this thing all day. And I mean, it got to the point where it was like fourteen hours, and it still wasn't. It wasn't done. And I'm like, I'm not. We're, and it's like eight p.m. And there, everyone wants to go look at the fireworks. And I'm like, y'all have fun. When you get back, maybe this brisket will be done. And it still wasn't. And I think it finished up at like nine thirty. Um, it to this day, that was probably the best brisket I've ever made. It was so incredible. Had this incredible bark. It was totally worth it for me. But everyone else was kind of, you know, hungry and irritated. But no, I'm not. I don't get in a rush. I just when it's done, it's done, that, and that's kind of it. Well, I sound like it was totally worth it. Then I mean, 
Yeah, I've done the same thing, and, and I, it's worse when the more people you have over, you feel even worse. They're all going, so is it about time to eat? Uh, it's not <laughs> really. Yeah, no, it should be. Because you always make the yeah. mistake of going, oh, it should be ready in a minute now. It should be, oh, we ought to be getting close. Yeah. Not. So what I'll do now is if um, if we're going to have people over like on uh, Saturday night for, for brisket, I'll start the brisket on Friday night, and I'll cook it all night. And it can be done at 8 in the morning. I don't care. I'll put it in the oven on the super low, keep it warm. And I think that even breaks it down a little bit more. And by that evening, it's done. I'm not worn out. And I'm old now, so i got to think of ways to kind of do, you know, that cheat a little bit and not be so worn out. Because mm-hmm. if you cook all day, you know you get worn out. You can't sit more than 20 minutes without going to check it. And so then you're up and up all night or early in the morning or whatever. And then by the time you're eating, you're just totally exhausted. And that plays into the I don't want to have to – I don't even care about eating it now because I'm just exhausted. I, I just want sleep. Uh, so I do it the day before, basically, if I can, and then I'll keep it in warm on the uh, in the oven, and, and it kind of turns out really good. So, so do you a like all the fancy wireless probes? Are you old school instant read, or, or what? Do you, are you are you are you the good enough guy who can just go look at it or touch it and tell? No, I can't look at it and tell or touch it. Um, almost probably kind of can. If I didn't have a probe or a temperature uh, gauge, I would. It wouldn't matter. I would probably get it pretty close, but I like, since I'm practicing, I like to try to get it exactly where I want it. And so I'll go do an instant read on it every once in a while. Uh, if I feel like it's dragging out and I'm going to have to open it a lot, then I'll put one that's wired to a little, you know, reader and I'll just have that on the, mm-hmm. on the table next to it. And then I'll let it, I'll let it go until it reaches the temperature. Um, and they got, some, they have some nice, some of these new wireless ones, man, they have some nice ones out there. The, the, what is it? The meter I think is one of the really nice ones I've thought about buying, but, Little, little much on the spending for me. What are they? Like a hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I think it depends on how many probes you buy. Do you need one, two? How, how much stuff are you going to jam in there? Which my smoker doesn't have room for too many items, so that's there's not point in buying too many. But yeah, that's good. I point. used to always like to take if I had multiple ones like that, and I would set, I would connect one to the grate. That way, you were getting the true what your like temperature was there. right there at the grate, not on the, yeah. not on the, you know, the the. I'm saying the lid of the smoker. You're actually right. getting what's what, where the meat is sitting. So you're getting yeah. a little more accurate number. Totally, totally get it. We, I do the same thing. So, you know, you mentioned uh, since we're competitive, are we always good? We're not. Um, and it reminds me of a story of a, a massive fail. But before I get to my fail, do you have any barbecue fails that you can think of? I mean, other, other than the time ones, like we said, that's, to me, I consider that a fill, when, especially when you, ha- you know, it's like a holiday and there's like 15 people waiting to eat and you're the only reason they can't eat and they bake chips and dip for two hours and they're kind of getting pissed off at you. Um, <laughs> the ribs, I think I've messed up ribs a few too many times. I'm, I'm really, <clears throat> I'm really bad about just going by the time as opposed to looking, I guess I don't have the eye for it yet. I mean, I don't yeah. think I've been doing this as long as you have, so. I'd just go by the, the simple time, and that can get you in trouble if you didn't control. Like I said, go back to the fire management issue. If you're not managing your fire yet and then leaving it out there too long, you can mess them up. Or I've had times where I've, I've left them on the wrong end and piled the smoker with too much other stuff and forgot about the ribs, and they come out a little leathery. But, yeah, that would that would be my two kind of fails, I would say. What about you? Yeah, for the record, the barbecue not being done in time for people to eat is definitely not a fail for me. I'm strictly is did the brisket turn out or did it not or did the ribs turn out or did they not if people wait an hour i'm not concerned with that that is still a success but yes there was a major fail i don't remember how long ago but it feels like we had done some competitions a couple of them and we were pretty had it pretty good but at that time we were still using a kettle grill and we loved it 
we'd have these shirts with our, our team name and then we'd have like a little Weber grill on it and we still have them, but we, well, you know, hold on. You can't say these shirts with my team name on it without saying what that team name was. And then I have to explain the whole thing. So I guess it doesn't mm. take that long. So the team is, uh, <laughs> it's called brisket day. Now, um, brisket well, day, brisket day. Did you know that? Mm. You didn't no, know, I did that, not know no. that. So what, it, what it is when we, so we did that brisket and, uh, my buddy and I were like, that was fun. And so the next time we wanted to do a brisket, we we're like, let's have another day where we do a brisket. So we did it. And over time we just called it, we would text each other be like, Hey, this Saturday brisket day. And it became a thing. And it just all the time. Then we invite uh, people over makes sense. and we're like, it's a brisket makes day. Sense. So we have all our friends over. Um, and we do all of this stuff and it'd be really fun. Lots of beer, all that kind of stuff. So when we started getting into it competitive, we're like, let's just keep that. I like it. Let's just call it brisket day. And people always brisket wonder day. what, what the hell it means. They're like, what is brisket day? So we, we get to tell them, which is cool. Um, that's pretty catchy. That's a good one. Yeah. So, Sorry. I mean, to cut off, you cut you no, off. No, no, that's okay. So the grill, you know, we were using these kettle Weber, you know what, a, you know what a Weber kettle grill is, right? It's like the generic yeah. grill that you see dads cooking all the time. Well, you can do smoked meats and the key is to keep the coals to the side and then use a pan. We typically put water in the pan and it blocks that heat from getting to the bottom side of the brisket or the ribs or whatever. But if it gets there, it will overcook the bottom side. So you, you need to make sure it's kind of going around the brisket, not directly underneath. Um, so we would do that all the time. Well, from time to time, we'll have a few drinks before we start. And this particular day when we were, before we started, we had several and we, and you know, the worst thing is we we're gonna have a bunch of people over and we had just started competition and we said, look, we want you guys to grade this brisket and tell us like, does it have too much salt? Is it overcooked, undercooked? Whatever you guys tell us so we can learn from you. And then we'll, we'll take that mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll figure it out. So we had all these people over and we had like a little grade sheet. We gave them, it was kind of nerdy, but we were really, we were really into it. So we, we got this thing going and then we got some drinks and next thing you know, we're cooking this brisket and, uh, we're adding coals and it seems to be going good. Smells great. Looks good. We cook it all night. The next day it was uh, middle of the day. We had people come over and we go to pull this brisket. It looks great. And we put it in foil and all this and we let it rest. And then we get it out and I'm like, I get the knife, you know, and I'm starting to slice this thing and it gets to towards the bottom of the brisket and I can't, like, I can't even cut it. It's like cutting a piece of wood or like leather with this knife. It's not cutting it. And I'm like, why is it hard on the bottom? And it dawned on us in that moment, we never put a pan in there. So we put the heat off mm. to the side, but there was no pan. And so that heat was still getting to the bottom side for like 12 hours. So totally mm. annihilated this brisket. Worst we've ever made. And that includes the first time we, we did one. And then we had all these people like all excited about it. Yeah, let's go grade it. We're going to get you for this and that. We can't wait. And I couldn't do anything but basically make chopped beef out of it because it was just like I could pull it off of there. I couldn't cut through it and make slices. Yeah. It was a total disaster. And I still kind of like. Well, at least you got something out of it. I wake up in cold sweat sometimes thinking about it. It was so terrible. <laughs> so that was definitely our biggest whiskey or whiskey, our biggest uh, barbecue fail. Well, sounds like it. Sounds like it. And, and I can't judge you too much. Like I said before, I still haven't tried to do a brisket yet. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do it and see if I can do it better. I don't know. Probably not. But I'm gonna have to try to beat you. You're gonna have to. I mean, you had a buddy reach out to you and said he had a restaurant and he was gonna give you all these tips and you were gonna beat me. So I'm I'm waiting to see. He did it. tell me he was gonna help me beat you. So I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know what? Do. That would be really cool. We can tape it and we could show people. But 
you and your buddy can get together and me and one or two of mine from the cook team will do it and we'll see what happens. You want to do it? I'm, no, I'm probably not going to tape it. I mean, I've talked too much trash now. Let's not tape it. Let's not tape it. Let's, not, let's not go that far with it. I don't want there to be video proof of what took place. What if we have a, uh, a chub? Can we do a chub competition? I mean, I, you can't mess that up. It's probably why I do stuff like that. You, I mean, it's as long as you remember regardless. to take it off. As long as you remember to take it off, it's going to be good. You can't, right, cool. you can't mess that up too much. I'm, I'm still doing too much fail-safe stuff. So, yeah, I've got to get brave and get out there and do it. Like I said, hey, I did chicken. I mean, I got brave enough to do chicken. Have you done chicken? Yeah. I mean, we, so when you do competition in Texas, and we've done some that are like tri-state and stuff like that, and they're the same, at least the ones we've done. You, you do brisket, ribs, sometimes pork. And and always chicken. So you're always going to do brisket, ribs, and chicken. And sometimes I'll have you do pork too. So we have what we have a guy that's our chicken guy, and he's really he does it. He's good, but he does it because we don't want to. Like I have no interest in practicing <laughs> chicken. Um, yeah. And then and I I mean I'll do the brisket and the ribs, and the other guys will kind of help too with that. So uh, that's kind of how we split it up. But yeah, we do we do the chicken, and even when it's really good and it it places okay, I still don't really like it. It's just it's just chicken, you know. I just you, to me, you never can get enough flavor inside of a chicken. You can make the outside taste amazing, but like I said, even when I brined it, it still didn't. There's only so much you can do to the inside of a chicken. Now the dark yeah. meat, I, I do like the dark meat. You normally get, you never get better flavor there, but yeah, that breast is just a big piece of chicken breast, no matter what you do. Yeah. It's just what's on the outside of it, really. Exactly, and we brine ours and all that kind of stuff, but I still don't really love it. Um, so we we talked about the fails. What about some tips? Do you have any tips for people maybe that are starting out or don't cook a whole lot? I mean, I don't have any personal tips. I would say use all the resources you have now. That's, I mean, that's what I do. Like you said, YouTube before. There's all these companies doing things, putting out videos, showing you how to do stuff. I mean, you don't have to just learn in your backyard. Get out there and watch a little bit and try things. Just don't be scared. Um, you're going to spend a little bit of money, but I mean... Read, you do your research. You know, watch some videos how people are doing it. Try it yourself. You'll eventually put your own little bit of spin of how you do it. You'll you'll leave something off they left on, or you know, you'll do something a little different and make it your own. But at least it gives mm -hmm. you kind of a kind of a base to start with. What about you? Yeah, it's good advice because there's so much information out there. I think just keep it simple early on. It's about maintaining a fire and keeping a steady heat. That's the that's probably the biggest one. And the second one is the smoke. You know, with the heat. If you're if you're trying to cook something for 12 hours and it's going from 215 to 325 degrees, you're getting this big, huge variation. It's not going to cook steady. It's going to heat up really fast and it's going to cool down really fast. And it's not going to break that fat down and turn it into like butter the way you want. So if you can maintain the temperature and then run a clean smoke where it's not that white, chalky, billowy kind of like paper burning smoke. Light blue. Yeah, you, you want, want a good like, light blue smoke. Exactly. So if you can get a blue, good, clear, like a good, clean blue smoke and a steady heat and maintain it for 12 to 15 hours, that's a big part of the battle. I don't even care. If you take a brisket, it's beef. If you take that brisket and don't put anything on it, don't trim it, don't do any of the fancy stuff you see online, don't worry about the different seasonings and go buy all this fancy stuff. If you cook it perfectly and it's juicy and the fat's butter and it's tender, that you're going to be better than 90% of the briskets that you can buy in restaurants or that you're going to have that people make. And then you, you know, I'm not saying don't put any seasoning on there, but if once you have that down, then a basic seasoning and central Texas is typically, they say salt and pepper, but I really think it's salt, coarse pepper and, and uh, garlic. 
you put that on there. You don't have to put mustard on there and, and all this goofy stuff. It's a bloody meat, so it doesn't need a binder for the season's going to stick. So you don't really need all that, and you'll get a good bark, and, and it'll be tender and juicy, and it's just the most incredible thing. So, But you can worry about the seasoning and stuff later and really just focus on the fire early on. Once you get that down, mm-hmm. I mean, the rest is history. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have, and, and something <clears throat> to step back I wish I would have done is run the smoker a few times with no food in it. Just learn your learn how to manage your fire. Yeah. Just see if you can do that. That way you're also not burning or wasting a piece of meat out there. You know, you're just seeing you, how your smoker runs and how to achieve the temperature there because they all they're all different. Size changes, style changes, everything makes them run differently. So there's not a set way they all work. You've got to learn how to make your smoker work. So run a few test fires. Just try to maintain just a fire in it. And then, like you said, your little lot blue smoke and see if you can do that. Yeah, good advice. And it's fun. I, I Playing with fire is about as, you know, entertaining to me as anything else. So I don't know how you couldn't well, enjoy it. Well, it's half it. the show. It's half the name of the show. So, yeah. Well, I know. The other, the other thing that's super entertaining is drinking whiskey. So They're wonderful together. Yeah. They partner well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think hey, we, well, thanks for everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Jumping on here and listening, man. Um, like I said, like he said, we kind of wanted to finally have a more, I guess we'll call it a barbecue show. We've had some people say, you know, y'all, you're whiskey and fire. Where's the barbecue? So I hope mm. you... Everybody got a little bit out of this and enjoyed some of our dumb, maybe good stories. We'll see. Um, thanks for tuning and listening to that. I want to thank everybody at Sledge again. Thanks for the uh, really good bottle of whiskey that I think I almost choked and died on a while ago. But I'm, <laughs> I'm here to survive. Um, thanks for tuning and listening to that. Uh, we, we want to say always, you know, check us out where you can. We got a website, whiskey-fire.com. Uh, we're on all social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on Twitter. I still haven't done anything on there, but we're there. Um, you can email us directly, whiskeyfirepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you get your podcast or YouTube, check us out. Uh, subscribe. Get notified when we you know, send a new one out and rate and review for us. It helps us out. And Like we said all along, we want to hear from you all. We want to hear what everyone thinks. So anything you want to add before we hop off, Derek? No, I think you about covered it. Just uh, God bless, and we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time. Thank you.